Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to Let It Be Easy. I'm your host, Lisa Sanchez, Certified Leadership and Life Coach, Reiki Practitioner, and Recovering Overachiever. Not everything in life can be easy, but this podcast is about seeing how some things don't have to be as hard as we think. This podcast is brought to you by Cocoon. That's my practice where I offer coaching and other resources to help you trust your intuition, design a meaningful life, and create fulfilling work. You can find out more at the-cocoon.co. Well, I am so happy to be here with you today. Uh, I just woke up from a nap and my dog is napping now, so uh, feels like a perfect time to record and also uh, a perfect time to uh, discuss the topic of rest. How to rest is today's topic. Um, I chose this topic much like the others because um, uh, the question of whether and when and how to take a break comes up so often in my coaching sessions. Um, I would say it has also come up uh, much more often than usual over the past year during this pandemic, um, especially when a lot of people are uh, working from home and when they can't do what they normally might during a vacation time, can't travel or can't go and see loved ones or or friends, um, or meet new people, like lots of the, the things that we like to do when we are taking a break are um, much less possible now. And so I have definitely encountered a lot of people just sort of foregoing vacations or really, uh, or time off really is what I should call it, uh, even when it is allotted to them. Um, or just generally kind of wrestling with like, okay, what does it mean to take time off in a p- pandemic? What does it mean to rest? Um, is it okay to be unproductive, especially in a time where, you know, many of us may feel less secure than we did before the pandemic? Having this, just this underlying sense of like, well, the rug has been pulled on out from under us in a lot of ways. So in a way, it's easy to just kind of like hunker down and, and keep working. Um, so, uh, yeah, I want to dig into rest. I want to dig into um, the way in which our, our society um, doesn't uh, generally tend to value rest much. Um, We can sometimes see uh, rest as unproductive time. Uh, Sometimes it's easy to see uh, rest time as selfish or taking a break in any form as this way of falling behind, as if there's this train of productivity and, and if we step off of it for a minute, like something bad could happen. Um, there's also very often this sense that we must earn rest times, um, not just in terms of like 
paid time off, uh, that that certainly is is often uh, the way paid time off works. Um, that we earn it after we earn a certain amount of time off after being employed for a particular amount of time. But, but that framework can really end up being extended to a lot of other types of rest, say, you know, uh, bereavement rest uh, after experiencing a loss or rest during an illness, like it's something as simple as a sick day and or something as as big as like recovering from a major surgery or um, parental leave. That's another big one. Um, I have coached a number of clients on uh, taking their parental leave. Um, if For those who are um, privileged enough, um, unfortunately it, it is a privilege in, in the U.S. Um, for, so for those who are able to get that leave from their employers and then also for those who may be self-employed or, or there's another situation um, where it's, there isn't a certain amount of time allotted by someone else, but there's still that question of like, okay, am I going to take a break? Um, and if so, how and when and for how long and what kind of break? Um, another thing I've coached on a lot is um, sabbaticals taking, uh, consciously taking time away from work. Um, so, uh, I think, um, I've, I've kind of like listed out a number of, of negative ways in which our society tends to look at rest and taking a break from work. It's almost like there's work and, and then there's like nothingness. Um, it can make you feel like you're nothing if you're not working. Um, but I also want to offer, um, just, you know, based on my background, um, when I studied religion and literature, uh, the idea that so many cultures and traditions throughout time have viewed rest times as sacred, as so special and essential, um, so much so that there are like elaborate rituals and practices devoted to rest. I'm thinking uh, specifically of Judaism and also Christianity because those are the the um, religious traditions I'm most familiar with. Um, but uh, this is common throughout cultures and and time and hi uh, history. Um, so. Yeah, there are other ways to see rest. Uh, rest can be um, beautiful. It can create space for reflection and insight. Uh, it can create space for connection. That isn't possible when we're on kind of like the regular uh, hamster wheel of mundane time which is how it's sometimes referred. To. So sometimes when you're um, uh, speaking from like a, a religious studies perspective, you might talk about uh, sacred time and mundane time. That really flips the perspective. Um, so uh, 
yeah, also rest is, uh, can be time for healing, which is so essential. And uh, rest can be a time when we remember that we are human where we connect with our bodies more and we remind ourselves that we're human and we're individuals and we are not robots. So uh, as we uh, dig into this a little more, the idea of like how, how to rest, how to wrap our heads around rest, uh, I would love to read you a poem by Mary Oliver um, for those of you who n know me, you may have uh, heard me talk about this poem before. I have a lot of strong feelings about it. Um, and uh, as you listen, note that you may have heard the last lines of this poem before. I think that they're often taken out of context and misinterpreted. Um, uh, so uh, bear with me. I'm going to read it to you and then uh, just tell you a little bit about my interpretation of it. Uh, this is called The Summer Day by Mary Oliver. And she says, Who made the world? Who made the swan and the black bear? Who made the grasshopper? This grasshopper, I mean. The one who has flung herself out of the grass. The one who is eating sugar out of my hand who is moving her jaws back and forth instead of up and down, who is gazing around with her enormous and complicated eyes. Now she lifts her pale forearms and thoroughly washes her face. Now she snaps her wings open and floats away. I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention, how to fall down into the grass, how to kneel in the grass, how to be idle and blessed, how to stroll through the fields, which is what I have been doing all day. Tell me, what else should I have done? Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? So I often see those that last line on like um, inspirational images and posters used in the context of sort of uh, trying to propel people into action or to live with more purpose or to just generally do more or work harder or accomplish something. Um, but I think that when you actually read this line in context, the narrator is uh, really just chilling. Uh, she's just she's just enjoying uh, looking at a grasshopper, noticing the details of the grasshopper. Um, she says she knows how to be idle and blessed. She's strolling through the fields. Um, and I think the ending is almost cheeky, like, so what? Yes, I have been doing... Uh, quote-unquote, nothing all day. And um, why not? Like, there is something uh, special and good in that. So now I want to tell you a story about my own experience 
with rest and how I was really forced to grapple with this um, as a recovering overachiever. I would say at the time, not even recovering, just an extreme overachiever. Uh, so I'll tell you that story. And then uh, in the second half of this episode, I'll, I'll talk through some things that can help, some things that can help make it easier to rest and to enjoy it or get whatever it is you need out of it. Um, so basically, uh, while I was in graduate school, um, at the start of my second year, it was meant to be a, a two-year master's program, uh, I was like uh, totally overcommitted in the most ridiculous way. I had a pretty substantial part-time job uh, teaching Hebrew school. Um, and it was my first time doing it, so it was going to require a lot of preparation. I decided to, instead of taking the recommended four courses for the semester, I decided to take six. Um, I had also decided to take up running which I had never done before. Um, I just, I don't know, I guess it seemed like a great idea to me. Um, and also, like, on the inside, I, I was really, um, in a way, I was trying to, like, distract myself and run away with, uh, run away from sadness, from, from a breakup, really. Um, so I basically ran myself into the ground very quickly, I think I was maybe a month into uh, that fall semester, and uh, I woke up uh, in the middle, like in the middle of the night or early one morning with like my neck just like totally swollen out on the sides, and I could hardly swallow, and I had fallen asleep like, you know, in at, at like 5 p.m. I had been trying to cook some food and I had just like totally left it. Um, I woke up, I was so confused. I had no idea what was going on. And like somehow I made it to the infirmary and uh, it turned out that I had mono. And the person who was seeing me said, listen, this is serious. Uh, how are you getting home? from the infirmary and I was like I'm I'm walking same way I got here um walking like over a mile to wherever my my apartment was I didn't have a car at the time um and uh she was like that's not gonna work like you need a ride um you you shouldn't be uh uh you need to not strain yourself um uh, you need to get home and rest uh, f for like however long it takes until you're better. And I was like, oh no, I have all these things going on. That's definitely not going to happen. And then, and so I basically just didn't really listen. I was like, this makes no sense. I don't really know what mono is, but like, you know, I was used to when I get sick, I'm better within 10 days usually less, so this will, this will be fine. Uh, annoying, but fine. Well, I go outside and, like, try to walk home, and 
the the fatigue and the weakness hit me so hard that like I had to just sit down on the sidewalk at points and I just cried I was like oh, oh my gosh like I've never felt this way where my it was like my body was betraying me um, so that was the beginning of a year-long process of uh, convalescing with mono and recovering regaining my physical strength and also uh, processing what had happened because I ended up not being able to go back to go to school at all, uh, not just uh, even f for that semester, but for the whole rest of the year. I didn't know, know if I'd be able to finish the program. Uh, I lost my health insurance for a while because I had to unenroll or take a leave from the program. So that was definitely another situation where I felt so uh, like I had no value. If I can't work and I can't go to school, I felt like nothing. Um, and yet, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, I had a very long time to think and process because I was mostly in bed at home alone uh, for the better part of a year and uh, couldn't distract myself with much activity of any kind because I was uh, too drowsy and in too much pain. So I just thought basically and worked on my relationship with rest. And the thing that, the reason I'm telling you this story is because like at the beginning there was so much grief. I it just felt unbearable how much I had lost, how much I couldn't do my job, I couldn't do my schoolwork, I couldn't see my friends, I couldn't be the person I was in my community. I couldn't show up for that. There were all these opportunities I'd created for myself that I lost. It was like, who am I when I'm not doing anything? Um, and yet, by the end, I actually felt a little sad to go back to school. In fact, when I went back, I actually made some changes to my my program, what I was focusing on, um, because just it was like my whole my whole perspective shifted, and all of a sudden, you know, I I had come to feel very um, at home in my cocoon of rest. I had come to find the sacredness of it. Uh, I had learned a lot. I had learned how to be with myself. Uh, I had followed my curiosity, you know, during those. They were brief moments when I was like awake and like alert, but the moments added up and I, I read some things I was interested in. I did a little bit of writing, um, just it, mainly just for myself, you know, um, uh, to help me connect, to help me answer that question, like, who am I when I am not productive? Um, I also learned to be still, and I learned uh, to be at ease with quiet, um, and uh, I learned to live at, a, at an incredibly slow pace. Um, 
And it was like a painful learning at first. And then there was some comfort in it where it was like every little thing I could do in a day, like, oh, okay, I can brush my teeth. Like I feel up to that now. Or like just preparing and eating and cleaning up after breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like for me, that and brushing my teeth, like that was a full day. And I did start to appreciate that in some ways um, because when I slowed down so much, I could, I could notice the details, kind of like that grasshopper in the poem, you know? When I slowed down so much, I noticed like um, the small beauties in my everyday, that the way, you know, the light would come in through the window at, at different times of the day, um, and yeah, so, so in a way there was actually a little surprising sadness about going back to like quote unquote regular life or, um, in, in some people would say, oh, you, you can, now you, you're, you're, you seem recovered. Like you can pick up where you left off with your program. And I just felt like, gosh, I, there is no picking up where I left off in the resting I have been changed. So I can start again in a new place from a new perspective. But it isn't just a picking up where I left off. It isn't just like that whole rest time was like a nothingness pause. Like a lot happened inside of me. A lot of healing and, and learning and growth. Um, so I share that story also. Uh, I mean, gosh, I would not wish... Uh, like a, a health experience like that on anyone and I definitely don't want to be all you know like oh there's a silver lining in being like basically bedridden for a year I mean I didn't feel that way at the time and it took me years to like come to that perspective and, and just be able to see what the gifts were for me in that time um, but I share it just to say that like I mean, for me, it was it was the ultimate doing nothing, the ultimate un, unproductivity, and uh, yet uh, it it shaped me in ways that I I wouldn't trade now. So let's take a little break, and when we come back, I would love to share some things that have helped me with taking um, all kinds of breaks and that have also been helpful uh, for some of my clients and friends. Okay, so how might we let it be easy or easier to rest and to take a break when we need to? As I talk about this, I'm, I'm trying to keep in mind all different kinds of breaks, uh, voluntary and involuntary ones. Uh, so the first thing is to set clear expectations with other people. And I want to say that, yes, this is out of consideration for other people, but it's also mainly for yourself. Uh, so once you have set clear expectations with other people, it can be a lot easier to let go and relax into whatever kind of rest or break you need to take. Um, I'm thinking, for example, of 
a friend of mine who is just like so fabulous at auto replies. So it's not just like she'll set an auto reply on her email when she's taking a vacation, like a, a an actual time off. She'll do it too when uh, if she's particularly focused on something and will might have an auto reply that says, you know, I'm focused in this particular way uh, for this period of time. Uh, please expect slower email responses or please expect that I will uh, get back to you in three to five days instead of my typical one or two. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, auto replies are the best. And, uh, I've also seen people do this on, uh, social media, uh, like Twitter and Instagram, if they are particularly active and then they're going to be taking a break from social media. Um, I mean, I could go either way about this, but I think that for the most part, it's very much for themselves, like so that they can let go of some guilt and um, let go of like responsibility and obligation to be present all the time for whoever their audiences may be on social media. Um, So that's something else to think about. Uh, Okay, also, okay, I want to distinguish between um, rest that is like voluntary and planned. In that case, it's so much easier to like set an auto reply or, you know, let everybody who needs to know, know that you will be away for a period of time and you won't say be responding, uh, to various types of communications. Um, if it's something that's unplanned, something unexpected, um, uh, it, so, as, as a recovering overachiever, I find that I'm like so bad at setting expectations in those t- times. So for example, when I had mono, I like emailed all my, my professors and said like, hey, I have mono. Could you please have somebody take notes for me this week while I'm out and I'll be back next week? Okay, some of my professors like didn't even reply to that because it's ridiculous. (laughs) They probably didn't know what to say. And then, but for the most part, they they all just replied saying, hey, um, rest, take your rest as you need it. This is serious. Um, And like, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about your classes right now. Worry about your health. And I totally resisted that, but I was not ready. I definitely wasn't back in class in a week. Um, So that's like, you know, kind of an extreme example. But I would say if you are facing unexpected or involuntary rest or break time, um, you may want to do something like uh, telling people, say, manager or HR or uh, friends, whoever you need to, you may need to communicate a little bit with. Like it could be something like, hey, um, uh, this happened and it's up to you how much detail you want to give. It, you can, it can be even as light as just putting it in the category of, of 
whatever um, type of thing just happened. And then, uh, okay, so hey, uh, this happened. I need some time. I will check back in with you in a week or something where you don't make any promises except I will follow up on this at a later point. Um, when you like have more information and maybe a better sense of, of when your, when this involuntary break time, uh, may come to an end. And, uh, there are a lot of human situations where we do not know for some long period of time. That was the case with mono. I simply did not know when I would feel better and well enough to do something like going back to school. So, I had to just keep checking in with people at various intervals and they, they started, the intervals started to get longer and longer as time went on, but just checking in and saying, Hey, I'm still not, I still can't come back to school. Um, I don't know when I will be able to, but here, that's the update for now. Uh, so yeah, just, just, uh, uh that's some encouragement there to set realistic uh, uh, expectations, uh, for yourself and for others. Um, another thing I like to think about when taking time off is the peak end theory. It's just this idea that we tend to remember, um, most a peak, uh, time of an experience and the end. So, okay, you can use this for planning a vacation, for example. Okay, if you're going to have a vacation, maybe um, put a highlight experience in, in the middle. Like, and this is when we're going to go swimming, scuba diving or whatever. You know, the most exciting, the, the part of your trip that you most look forward to, say. Um, and then uh, make sure that there's a, a sweet ending. Um, something, you know, maybe you're going to have a really special, memorable meal at the end. Uh, this, I, I often share this theory when uh, people are leaving a job to, or even just starting to think about moving on from a job is to consider the peak end theory. What are the peak experiences you've had with your colleagues that you're all going to remember? And they can be peaks as in, you know, like a really special, entirely wonderful thing. They can also be a peak that's like we worked really hard on something together um, and we're all going to remember that uh, forever. Uh, And then take care with how you end, with with how you give closure to those uh, relationships and that experience because that we tend to remember that especially too. So same thing can even be applied to <clears throat> something like, um, let's say, uh, a sabbatical. Certainly uh, keep in mind what sort of peak experiences you might want to build in for yourself and how you want to end. Um, so that it's not just kind of like an anticlimactic wind down, um, that you really honor 
the time you took and uh, reflect on what it meant to you, what you learned, and where you're at now compared to where you were at at the beginning of that time off. Um, same thing could, uh, uh, that lens could also be applied to, say, a parental leave. I mean, there are going to be all kinds of memorable and peak experiences that go along with a parental leave, um, but you might want to, you know, plan in something special around the middle of the leave that you're taking. Um, and then also something to mark the end. So maybe it's some kind of um, ritual or uh, something that you capture on video or in photos or something you like, I don't know, something you create. Um, just something that's a little bit different from every other day of your leave. Um, and it marks the end of that leave and the transition into a new chapter. Uh, next is in, in terms of like how to make it, how to let it be easier to rest, I would highly recommend a dedicated rest uniform. So one thing that uh, I'm really, I'm glad I did went very soon after getting sick with mono was like I basically I saw it as a shop opportunity I'm I was like totally broke at the time but I was in a lot of pain and I was in bed a lot and the clothes all the clothes that I had um were like for school and running and teaching and they were not working for me so I did invest in like some ex incredibly soft, comfortable things that were dedicated to my rest, and it helped. Resting felt better, cozier, softer. Uh, it was nice to have that rest uniform. And then also, when it was time for my leave to be done, and I was going back to school, I, I let go of those things. Um, I had worn the heck out of them first of all, um, but it was time to let go of my rest uniform um, and put on a different kind of uniform. Uh, so, you know, if this, I think this, this also makes me think of how the, they're in the, in the times when people used to travel uh, for a vacation, like there would be like vacation clothes, like, ooh, I'm going to go shopping for my whatever spring break wardrobe or vacation wardrobe or whatever um it like it doesn't have to just be like a, a superficial thing like it can also be a way of of making it sacred and special okay I wear a different uniform on vacation than I do um in the rest of my life and so that helps uh helps train your body, helps your body know, yeah, okay, like, even if my mind is still struggling a little to let go of work and transition into this rest, like, like, my body's got the right uniform on. Um, okay, another thing that I have sometimes found helpful myself and have definitely um, advised coaching clients on is basically just the idea that you don't have to explain yourself. 
But this applies to all kinds of rest and uh, break time. Um, okay, I should I should put, uh, I should bring up some caveats. Like, okay, uh, you know, if you're suddenly gonna disappear from work, um, like for a medical reason, say, often your employer may require some explanation or 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 documentation. But um, apart from that, what I what I mean is like, let's say you have unlimited vacation. And you finally decided, yep, I am going to take some time off. Um, it be, because it's unlimited vacation, often people feel a lot of angst about it. Like, is this too much? Is this too little? Do I really deserve it? Have I earned it? Is it the right time or the wrong time? Like, I would just say, like, um, with something like that, uh, especially a benefit you that is already available to you, um, uh, treat it a lot more procedurally. Um, uh, just let who, whoever must know, let, let them know, hey, I would like to take a vacation from this date to this date. Uh, you know, get whatever approvals you need. But I think a lot of time we really can easily get worked up about the story like and I need to tell them that like I've been really tired lately but I also promise that when I come back I'm not going to be burnt out anymore and I'll definitely be at my best so that's why I really need like two weeks of vacation um because it feel that feels like a lot to me but I you know like leave the explanation aside um if you are a lot of time off just use it um, same with something like parental leave or bereavement leave. There, you don't have to say like, well, this has been really bad for me or like this and that situation is going on in the, the rest of my life and that's why I need to take all of the leave that's available to me. Um, just take it. You're allowed. Um, and you don't have to come up with a story around it. Um, it's a little bit different if you are needing to request more than is allotted. Um, but even so, um, start with just kind of like the simplest, easiest explanation for yourself. Um, okay, this is this next one is definitely easier said than done. Uh, let go of outcomes. So um, I have in all the many conversations I've had with clients and friends about uh, rest, leave, time off in any form. Um, I hear so much of like, like really high expectations for what we're all going to accomplish during our rest time. Uh, same with like the pandemic in general. I, um, you know, uh, lots of people feeling like, oh, okay, well, uh, I'm going to be stuck at home for like a really long period of time. Can't get out and do lots of the stuff I used to do on a daily, weekly, or annual basis. So that must mean I'm going to have tons of time on my hands and tons of energy. So I will accomplish all of these incredible things. Um, in fact, uh, 
Like, especially if you are planning something like a sabbatical or just uh, just some kind of regular time off from your work um, or uh, especially parental leave. Oh my gosh, I've heard from so many parents being like, I'm, I'm about to go on parental leave, so I'm going to, you know, do a bajillion different personal projects. And um, uh, I can empathize with that. I also tend to have very high expectations around my, my output and the outcomes of rest time and break time. Uh, but hopefully some of the things I've shared in, in the first half of the episode here will help to loosen that a little. So um, when we're trying to let go of a perspective, it can be helpful to have a replacement one. You know, so it's like, okay, well, try to let go of outcomes. As soon, as soon as you tell yourself, like, don't think about outcomes, it's like you're going to start thinking about outcomes. Um, so instead, the lens I would offer is curiosity. Uh, to just get curious about what might emerge. What will happen if I just allow myself to rest during this time? Um, what could emerge uh, that I couldn't even have planned or efforted. Uh, this leads into the next thing, which is to assume change and phases when you are resting. I'm talking about time frames from like, uh, even, even probably like taking a long weekend potentially has space for phases all the way to um, a many months long sabbatical. Um, uh, with, with all of those types of break or rest, uh, I think very often there can be this worry or expectation like, okay, I'm going into this tired or I'm going into this however I am. Maybe I'm, I'm going into this with tons of excitement and energy. Um, and then uh, it can be easy to assume I'm going to feel that way the whole time and therefore this is how it's going to go and this is what I'm going to do. Um, it can be helpful to just assume that that will evolve and that you won't necessarily feel exactly the way you do at the beginning of your leave or time off. You won't feel exactly the same as you will at the end of it. So allow for some evolution just so that you can find out what comes up. Um, I, there's, I've often heard things like, you know, okay, I have, let's say, I, ha I have a month off. Uh, all I want to do right now is um, w watch TV and sleep. Uh, and I'm afraid to let myself do that because what if I do that the entire time? And then I'll, I feel, I don't know, disappointed in myself or something that I didn't accomplish more during this break. Um, I would say, especially if you think of yourself as a recovering overachiever, um, like uh, see about taking the risk of letting yourself do whatever your body wants. Uh, if it's like, I want, I just want to sleep a lot and watch TV and, and I don't know how long that's going to last 
and you have some time to rest, like, well, maybe see. For, just get curious, find out. It's kind of unlikely that you won't emerge from that into a new phase. Um, like we tend to get restless. We tend to get bored. You know, whatever it is inside of you that wanted the sleeping in the TV, at some point it will get satiated, presumably. Um, and then you'll, you'll want or need something else. Or you may do the, the TV watching and the sleeping and not become satiated at all. And then you'll probably become frustrated with the fact that it's not satisfying to you. So you may just naturally like start trying something else. Uh, so I just want to offer that as a perspective to encourage you to um, trust yourself. And especially to trust your body, especially since we are talking about rest. Um, uh, see about letting the body lead as opposed to the mind. The mind wants to plan, plan out, okay, and this is exactly what I need to happen in order for my vacation to be perfect or in order for me to recover from whatever condition or surgery over this, exactly this amount of time the mind wants to plan it out the body has its own agenda its own natural processes um, that can then support the mind so sometimes if we let the body lead um, the mind can can uh, actually relax and get some rest too finally the last thing I want to say about um, how to rest, how to take a break, or how to take any kind of leave um, uh, is I want to encourage you to take more than you think you need. Um, take more even than you think you want. Um, okay, for, for myself, once again, like I tend to be uh, not that great at predicting how much time exactly will I need to recover from something or heal or enjoy myself on a vacation, whatever. Um, uh, or, um, you know, get a new perspective. Uh, whatever the intention or what, whatever is called for during that rest time. Um, so, um, as you are able, I encourage you to like do what feels like going overboard, you know, like um, if you uh, like instead of saying, oh, hey, like I'm I'm planning to come back um, a month early from my parental leave or something, just like just assume you're going to take the whole thing. If you get into it and you really decide like, gosh, it makes so much sense for me to cut my leave short, um, go for it. Um, I think that, you know, people, it's going to be much easier to cut a break short if that's truly what you need once you get into it than it is to extend a break. So what I see happen a lot of the time is... Uh, for example, someone is really burned out and they just keep taking a day off here and there and often a day off kind of at the last minute, like, 
oh my goodness, I need a mental health day. Like I am, I'm so stressed out and so burnt out. So I'm going to take this one day off. I'm going to take a long weekend. When in fact, you know, something like two or three weeks might be a better start to see what that can do. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot easier to be like, oh, it's been a week. I'm so bored. I can't wait to go back to work than it is to take one day off and then come back and wish, oh gosh, I wish I could just take the next day off too. You know, like that wasn't enough. Um, so is, is, this is also a little bit similar to, um, ne negotiating, uh, compensation, like, like ask for more, ask for more than you think you need more than the minimum, more than just table stakes for survival. Um, be generous and abundant with yourself when it comes to rest and breaks um, as you're able, you know, within the constraints and, and resources of your life. Um, I hope this was helpful. Um, uh, however, whatever it means for you, I hope that this will help you to let rest be easier. Before you go, a few final notes. First, if you have a topic or question you'd like me to cover, I would love to hear from you. Just send me a note at podcast at the-cocoon.co. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you use to listen. And if you liked this episode, please share it with a friend. That's one of the best things you can do to show your support and encourage me to keep going. The other best thing you can do is to become a supporter on Patreon. You can get access to patrons-only content, including monthly guided meditations. You can find me at patreon.com slash Lisa Sanchez, or check out the link in the show notes. Until next time, let it be easy. <laughs>